0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Saturday to you. It's time to reflect on the Buffalo Bills' 19 to nothing shutout win over the Green Bay Packers to close out the 2021 preseason with an undefeated 3-0 and record. And so we're going to talk offense, defense, special teams. Brandon Bean made some comments during the broadcast, and so there's a lot to reflect on here today in this post-game reaction podcast. Let's start with the offense and, of course, with Josh Allen, who was – Outstanding, 20 of 26, 194 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a passer rating of 122.9. He had a four-yard rush that resulted in a first down, and he was sharp. Connected with Gabriel Davis on a 31-yard touchdown pass on a third and 30, and that throw was a dot, an absolute dime. Josh Allen on the field, three total drives that resulted in two touchdowns and a punt. I will say this about the punt. It was a drive that started at the two-yard line. They got the ball out to the 36, and then after a 44-yard punt, you flipped the field to the 25 for where Green Bay had to start. And So I think that's a successful series. When you start at your two and the other team takes possession of the football at their own 25, not bad. He orchestrated two touchdown drives, one 12 plays for 80 yards, the other 15 plays for 80 yards. Two 80-yard touchdown drives that were at least 12 plays each. Josh was in rhythm. He was comfortable. 20 completions to eight different receivers in two quarters without Stefan Diggs being in the lineup. You also saw him win outside of structure, so it wasn't just the rhythm throws, it was those... Moments where he was able to get outside the pocket, make a guy miss in the pocket, extend a play, and hit somebody on the run. I mean, Josh was Josh. So if you had any doubts about Josh Allen replicating 2020, this game was surely encouraging for you. I'd say pretty comfortably that 17 is ready for the regular season. And oh, by the way, if you had concerns about Josh Allen being able to play in front of fans... There were 50,000 in attendance at the football game, and so I just don't think you could come away from Saturday with a better impression of Josh Allen entering the 2021 regular season. If you believed he was an MVP candidate, if you believed he's the quarterback that can lead the Bills to the Super Bowl, this is what you were hoping to see. So we talked about how Josh Allen completed 20 passes to eight different receivers, Let's talk about some of those highlights, obviously Gabriel Davis with the 31-yard touchdown connection, but I think overall, Gabe Davis was outstanding. He got open, he got his body in position, he was where he was supposed to be, catching the football in stride. He was terrific. Five catches on five targets, 75 yards and a touchdown. So if you were looking for Gabriel Davis to replicate his rookie season and take a step forward, I think you saw what you were hoping to see on Saturday. Cole Beasley did Cole Beasley things, four catches on five targets, 52 yards. I loved his one catch that was a scramble drill. Josh Allen rolling to his left, threw back across the field to Cole Beasley with touch over the middle. That's the type of play that you can only make with somebody that you have a high level of trust and chemistry with. And that was a thing of beauty. Emmanuel Sanders wound up having four catches for 27 yards on eight targets, I will say, though, I think that some of those targets were a little forced, and there was a bit of an emphasis on getting the football to Emmanuel Sanders, establishing some chemistry with Josh Allen, so I don't think it was necessarily the most rhythmic targets for Sanders, but I think they definitely wanted to get him some run with Josh Allen in a game setting. As far as the depth players, I thought Jake Kumaro, Marquez Stevenson, and Tanner Gentry, They all maximize their targets as far as the depth, guys. And as a team, I mean, the Bills were 33 of 48 passing. That's 69% completion percentage, and you're playing three different quarterbacks and a dozen-plus different weapons. So I think when you can have that type of efficiency, it says a lot about where you are as an offense in terms of your rhythm and timing and ability to throw the football. Now, as far as non-Josh Allen quarterbacks go, let's talk about them. Mitch Trubisky played only one snap, and that was interesting. This was vintage Sean McDermott showing you that he thinks about everything. The only reason Mitch Trubisky even played a single snap was to test his readiness to go into a football game for a single play should Josh Allen have an equipment malfunction or something like that, and he had to come out for just a play, that Trubisky could quickly get himself into the action, execute, and get off the field. And so I'm guessing it was a surprise element that they purposely tested Trubisky on because in the third quarter, Jake Fromm came out, took the first snap or two. All of a sudden, Trubisky comes in for one play and then Fromm's back out. And then McDermott confirmed after the game that the purpose of doing that was to give Trubisky that type of rep where he unexpectedly has to go into a game for just a single play. And I just can't help but love that level of attention to detail that Sean McDermott always exhibits with his football team. The quarterback not named Josh Allen that played the most in this game was Jake Fromm. And I will say this, I thought he looked ordinary. He didn't look terrible. He didn't make any wow throws. He did have two nice runs, including the 13-yard touchdown run on a 3rd-and-10 from the Packers' 13 to cap a 16-play, 79-yard drive. So that was pretty impressive. I think he held his head above water, but certainly didn't do anything from an arm talent perspective that moves the needle. But it's interesting that they chose not to play Trubisky in this game, and they played Fromm quite a bit, including with the starting offensive line. Perhaps it was a showcase opportunity to maybe drum up some trade interest in Jake Fromm. As for Davis Webb, he came in. He was uninspiring thought he made one decent throw the rest of the time. I didn't feel like he had much command of the offense. But to me, the notable overall takeaways from the Bills quarterbacks, Josh Allen looked elite. Jake Fromm looked ordinary. Davis Webb did nothing to move the needle. And obviously, they're quite comfortable with Trubisky as the two, so much so that they got him ready to go in for a single play should it be necessary during the season. Let's talk about the running backs. Now, let me start the conversation with running backs by saying this. They weren't overly productive in the game, but the two best runs of the day were called back by holding calls, both of which I thought were phantom calls. They called one on Jacob Hollister, one on Gabriel Davis, and neither block was even close to being a holding penalty. Egregious calls. And so had those runs stood... You have a little bit more production to show for the running backs, and you have potentially more rhythm that could have happened because instead of it being a first down and a chunk play, now you're behind the sticks and have to throw the football a little bit more. And so I thought those two awful penalty calls were very disruptive to the run game rhythm on Saturday. So the Bills started this game by calling 17 consecutive passing plays. It was beautiful. 10, 11 personnel on the field over and over again, several empty sets. I love it. I love opening things up, spreading it out, and let Josh Allen throw the ball all over the yard, and he was absolutely surgical. So statistically, nothing really stood out with these running backs. I thought Zach Moss ran hard and was solid in pass protection. We didn't see much of Devin Singletary in this game, and I'm guessing that was on purpose because... He got so much run in the first two games, and Zach Moss really didn't get as much opportunity. I do really like the way Brian Dayball got Matt Breida involved in this football game. Talked about this on the podcast on Friday, where I was interested in seeing how they used Matt Breida, because I feel like using him like the other two backs, Moss and Singletary, was a miscast of his skill set. And against Green Bay, we saw him take an end around. We saw him catch a couple of passes in space that were manufactured space touches to allow him to use his athleticism. And so in terms of how he was used, I really thought the Bills did a good job of giving Breeda the football in situations that were best suited for his skill set. So that was something that was encouraging to me. Now, I will say this about Reggie Gilliam, who I'm going to lump into this running back discussion. He didn't have as much of a role in this football game. And that's interesting because he was obviously a very prominent piece of the offense last week. And so you see a game now with the starting offense and a little bit more of a, of a scheme and look that we're going to see during the regular season, and it doesn't really include Reggie Gilliam. And so I came out of last week pounding the table for Reggie Gilliam and talking about how valuable he can be for this football team in so many different ways. And then this week, he's not even involved. He's not even a factor. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting contrast. Let's talk tight ends. They were pretty quiet in this game. The most notable tight end from this game was actually Nate Becker. Caught two passes for 33 yards, and I thought he made two good plays. Dawson Knox had one catch on one target for six yards. And then Jacob Hollister didn't have a catch on two targets and then got called for that holding penalty that I don't think was holding. So pretty uneventful day for the tight ends. As far as the offensive line goes, I will admit that this time, It wasn't where my eyes were mostly fixated. Last week, it definitely was. That was something that I paid close attention to. So this week, I don't have as many offensive line takeaways. But I did pay attention to who the guard groupings were. And on the first series of the game, you saw Cody Ford and John Feliciano as the guards. And then for the next two series that Josh Allen was on the field, Ford came out and Ike Bakker came in. And so I think this is shaping up to be more of a rotation, to be honest with you. I think you're going to see Ford and Bacher rotate quite a bit, and unless somebody really emerges and shows that they are the absolute answer at guard, I think that's going to be the case. Again, I could be wrong, but that's just the vibe that I'm picking up from watching this football team. I was pretty bummed to not see Spencer Brown. He's banged up with that knee injury. They held him out. I was so encouraged with his growth week to week so far in preseason, and I was anxious to see it happen again this week, but they held him out with that knee injury. I'll say this about Tommy Doyle, still a work in progress. And the challenging part with Doyle is I think you have to roster him. And I think you just have to make him inactive every week. I don't think you can sneak him through to your practice squad. So I think that's just going to be a healthy inactive every week. And the Bills should be fine when it comes to tackle depth, because they do have Spencer Brown, but I'm not sure Doyle is ready to play this year. And then we continue to learn that Bobby Hart can't play, right? Like, He's the most obvious cut on this football team. Did you know that Bill Parr has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, so many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. I encourage you to get a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones you like best. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBars.com, Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, let's talk about this Buffalo Bills defense. And I think in a lot of ways, you saw what this defense is. When the Bills starters were on the field against the Green Bay backups, they moved the ball pretty well. They had a 12-play drive, a 9-play drive, and a 12-play drive. Now, how they ended is what the Bills defense is about. That 12-play drive to start the game ended in a goal-line stand. The 9-play drive after that ended in an interception. And the 12-play drive after that, the Bills tightened the screws in the red zone, forced a field goal attempt that was missed. Twice in the second half, you saw a turnover on downs. I think there's going to be some moments where teams are able to stack together some plays against the Bills, maybe rip off a long run, maybe hit a throw down the field. But the Bills are still going to make it tough to score touchdowns on them. They're going to force you to make throws into tight windows. They're going to put some pressure on the quarterback, and they're going to design their scheme to create negative plays and turnovers and dare you to stack together these drives and finish in the end zone. I think that is definitely the vision of this Buffalo Bills defense, and that's why You saw them go and get these pass rushers that can really compress the pocket and apply pressure on the quarterback and why they have these long-armed players in the back seven that can really congest throwing windows and make it difficult to complete passes and why you have very smart safeties that can make some plays and poyer and hide. The vision of this defense is pretty clear to me, and I think you saw what it's designed to be in this game. Now, I will say that I think the run defense was below average. You had some guys that were out of their run fits. You had missed tackles. And it's concerning to me that the Packers backups didn't have any trouble running the football against the Bills' first-team defense that included Starla Tulele being on the field. So I guess we'll see when it comes to run defense this season, but this may be an area of the team where the Bills made some concessions and didn't put enough of an emphasis on In terms of finding a little bit more depth on the interior at defensive tackles. So we'll stay tuned on this and see if this is something that becomes an issue this season. As far as the pass rush goes, I thought it was okay. Not nearly as good as it was in the first two preseason games. Justin Zimmer had a really nice sack late in the game. Josh Thomas got through on a blitz for a sack and he beat uh, Bam Johnson to the quarterback who had a really good rush on that play as well. But I think overall, we didn't see the Bills' pass rush make the same type of impact against the Packers as they did against the Bears and the Lions. I thought Saran Neal was really active. He made tackles on special teams, made tackles on defense, overall took good angles to the football, did well to finish, did well to play off contact, and just find the ball. I thought that was what stood out to me about Saran Neal, and for the role that he's asked to play on this team... You know, obviously heavily on special teams and sub packages on defense. That's what you're looking for. Obviously, Micah Hyde had a nice interception. That was probably more of an awful throw by Jordan Love and an awful decision. But, you know, Micah Hyde being a ball hawk, finding the football, taking a great angle, high pointing it and coming away with a takeaway with some pressure by A.J. Epinesa. That was a nice play defensively for the Bills. I thought Boogie Basham had a really nice run stop that showcased his effort. That's one thing that's really popped with Boogie. Maybe he doesn't have the technique down quite yet, but he plays hard, and he chases the football, and he made a really nice stop. I think it was on a fourth down, actually, uh, to uh, get the ball back to the Bills' offense. Trey White had a nice pass breakup in the end zone on that fourth down. They challenged him, and beautiful technique and timing on the pass breakup by Trey White. It was good to see Star Latulale in the game and playing football. I don't know how much of an impact he made. I'll have to watch the film and get a better feel for what he was able to accomplish on the field, but nonetheless, good to see him out there. I think the young corners didn't pop like I was hoping they would. Cam Lewis winds up getting the start with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson banged up, and he got twisted up early in the game and gave up a long completion down the field. Nick McLeod gave up a catch down the field. I was hoping to see Wild Goose make a few more plays in the passing games, and I didn't really get that. Now, as far as some of the position battles that I I highlighted on the Friday podcast at safety, I thought Josh Thomas was better than DeMar Hamlin in this game, and it was encouraging after the game. McDermott said that Jaquan Johnson is day-to-day, and so I feel like Jaquan Johnson will make the team, and there's nothing necessary there in terms of finding a way to get him on IR but they're only going to be able to keep one of Thomas and Hamlin. I think Thomas has been better than Hamlin this preseason. But you have that dynamic of Hamlin being a draft pick and what that means from a contract perspective by not having to waive him and put him on the practice squad. So I think they're going to keep Hamlin. I think they should keep Thomas. Uh, As far as the linebacker battle between Andre Smith and Tyrell Dotson, I thought Andre Smith outplayed Tyrell Dotson for – a second consecutive week. So not sure if they're going to be able to keep both, but I think Smith has earned that job over Dotson if it comes down to just one of them making the team. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, and boxing right to horse racing, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's close out this podcast by talking a little special teams and reflecting on the comments that Brandon Bean made during the third quarter of the broadcast. So, first up special teams thought Marquez Stevenson looked comfortable in both of his return opportunities. One, he returned for 18 yards, the other for seven yards. More importantly, he caught the football confidently and comfortably on both occasions. You can argue that on the one, he probably should have let it hit the ground and go for a touchback, but I was happy to see him field it cleanly and advance the ball for an 18-yard return. I was not disappointed in Matt Hawk, the Bills' punter this week. I thought he had a down game last week against the, uh, the Bears, but he was fine this week. Tyler Bass made his only extra point attempt. That was the only kick that he attempted in the game. No field goal attempts and only one point after touchdown attempt. And obviously the Bills were without Reed Ferguson in this game. And so A.J. Epinesa was the snapper. And on his first extra point and his first punt, I thought he had a good snap. But then on his second extra point and the second punt, you know, he had some issues. That second extra point snap was uh, low and off target, and then the second punt snap was high, and so you know it's nice to know that he can do that in a pinch, but get well soon, Reed Ferguson. Now, as for the comments made by Brandon Bean, four things that he said really stuck out to me. The first one is that they are high on Jake Fromm, and he even went as far as to say that he has an it factor, and so now we've heard Brandon Bean rave about Jake Fromm. And we've heard Sean McDermott rave about Jake Fromm. And it has me wondering one of two things. Is he on the trade block and they're hoping to get something for him? Or is he legitimately somebody that they think can be the long-term backup? One of those two things is true. And I don't know which one is, but something's going to happen with Jake Fromm here. He also said that he expects there to be plenty of calls for defensive linemen. You know, the Bills are stacked, particularly at defensive end, and maybe they would move on from one of their defensive tackles if the right opportunity came along. Wink wink, Vernon Butler. But um it certainly sounded like Bean had some interest in fielding offers for defensive linemen. And we'll see what happens there. Maybe something really crazy happens, like they trade Mario Addison. I don't know, but we'll obviously stay tuned for what could happen on the trade front as it relates to the Bills' defensive linemen. He also said that Justin Zimmer is a big part of the team. And so when we're figuring out who the defensive tackles are that the Bills are going to keep, I think you can put it in Sharpie that Justin Zimmer is going to make the team. And you've obviously heard uh, Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott rave about Zimmer. And Bean, when he was talking about Zimmer, he went back to last year when they had him around and said, who is this guy that is making it tough on our first team offense, and Zimmer popped in practice, and we've seen him pop in games. And then the last thing that really stood out to me is that when he was asked about keeping seven wide receivers, Bean said definitely. He said that was definitely a possibility, and we've only seen Bean keep six receivers on the roster to this point, never seven, and so I thought that was quite interesting. So there you have it, my post-game reactions to the Buffalo Bills' Preseason win over the Green Bay Packers, a nineteen to nothing shutout win, to close out the preseason three and zero. We got a busy week ahead on the podcast. I have a great guest lined up for early in the week. The Bills are going to make their final cuts. We're gonna do herd mentality, and obviously we'll react to any news that comes through. There could be trades. There could be a lot of exciting things that happen. So make sure that you are subscribed and don't miss any of the discussion that is coming your way here on the Lockdown Bills podcast. I would also love it if you took a second to rate and review the podcast. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.